You're listening to the Sky the Service Guy podcast. My name is Skylar Raider. My friends call me Sky the Service Guy. My guests and I discuss sales, service, and everything in between. Most importantly, we'll share with you our secrets to success and how to make an impact in your business. With that being said, let's get it. And we're back with another episode of the Sky the Service Guy podcast. Tonight I am joined by fellow podcaster, local legend, the real Mike Kidd. How are you, Mike? Man, I'm so happy to be here, man. I'm just, to be on this podcast is something special, man. I appreciate you being on time. Uh, right. Man, do you know, that's just what I do. I'm, I'm just always on time and that's one of my things. You got to be on time, you know. I like to preface that with letting everyone know that Mike was 15 minutes late. So yeah, just work is work is crazy and the weather and stuff like that. You know, stuff happens. So you just started a new job. Where are you working at? I'm working at Centos now. Okay. Um, still over at uh, Texas Roadhouse, serving there on the weekends. But uh, I got a new position where I'm doing a little bit of sales and stuff like that with uh, industrial shoes and. Kind of like an Al Bundy kind of guy or whatever. So okay, shoe salesman Al Bundy, I love it. That's yeah. a great. That's a great television salesman reference. I'm surprised you knew that. That's yeah, awesome. absolutely, man. So, uh, so that's why Mike's on the show. He's made a transition into sales, and we want to talk to him today about. I've got some personal questions I want to ask him about his past. I want to hear a little bit of his story. I want to hear about his new experience in sales, and just kind of just genuinely chop it up with him. Before we get into all of that, though, yeah. As always, we have to do our segment, Caffeine in a Can. We do this with every guest, and it it all spawns from a movie. Since you're new in sales, Mike, I'll explain it to you. Okay. There's a a movie, um, late 90s, or no, not not late 90s, early 90s, called Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Have you ever heard of it? I've never heard of it. So it's got a lot of big hitters in it. It's got Al Pacino, Kevin Spacey, um, Ed Harris. Wow. um, uh, And then like several other actors. If you watch it, you'll recognize them. Yeah. And in the movie, um, Alec Baldwin is in it. So, like, literally in the first seven minutes, you got to watch it. Alec Baldwin was nominated for an Oscar for a five-minute monologue he did in it. Wow. So he comes in. He's, like, brought in from um, New York. They sell real estate in the movie. Yeah. And everyone's stinking, apparently. So he comes in, (laughs) and he's supposed to give a sales meeting as, like, a special speaker from, like, corporate. Yeah. And this guy gets up to get, Jack Lemon is the actor that's in that as well. So Jack Lemon gets up to get some coffee. Yeah. And he yells in the meeting, put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers. So in sales, we always talk about how the coffee's for closers. Well, it's 2022 now. So uh, we have all these other caffeinated options besides coffee. Right. So now, you know, it's it's caffeine in a can is my segment. So that's why we always break, uh, some people break bread when they meet somebody. Yeah. I break caffeine. I love this, dude. I absolutely love this. It's brilliant. I'm excited to, you know, get this caffeine with you, man. So you picked out the caffeine. What caffeine are we drinking today? We're going to be drinking uh, Monster. It's a Monster Recover uh, Rehab. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a tea and lemonade mix. So it's kind of subtle, um, but it gives you that energy, not too sugary. Um, I know from one of your previous episodes, the sugar-free was a good, uh, a big hit. Yeah. Um, yeah, almost everything I drink now is sugar-free exclusive. Yeah. But you said to get Monster, like a regular Monster, or to get these. I've had the regular lemonade one, but, yes. I'm, but I'm like, an, Ar- an Arnold Palmer is my, like, 
undercover yeah. guilty pleasure during the summer. Yes. It's not summer right now, but <laughs> yes. I thought, well, tea and lemonade, maybe I'll maybe it, I'll try it. It gives me sort of that summer vibe, even during the winter when it's cold and rainy. So uh, you've had this flavor? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. Well, here, let's crack into them so I can get a little reaction with you. It'll be my first time having it. Okay. Cheers. Yes, sir. Okay. What what's your reaction to that? How does that make you feel? Makes me feel good, man. Honestly, like uh, like you said, the the Arnold Palmer mm-hmm. for me, just a classic drink. Gives me a little kick of the energy, just a tad bit, not too overwhelming. Um, I know it's li- uh, light on the calories. Yeah, and it's light on the sugar. So this is a it's twenty five calories in a can. It's only got three grams of sugar. I was worried about it. Like, I didn't even read the label. I was, like, thinking, oh, lemonade and tea, this is going to be in, like, the Mountain Dew territory for a drink, and it's not. As far as our caffeine blend, it's 180 milligrams. These were two for four at the gas station. Yeah. So I think the value is there. I am liking that it's not carbonated. I think that's kind of a nice touch. Yeah. Um, But I'm kind of like a an energy drink, like, junkie. Yeah. So like I'll like I'll definitely drink this. Yeah. But I'm not getting any burn. I know you like the burn. I like the burn. And there's something about an energy drink that tastes like chemicals. Like Red Bull's got its own flavor, the original, the Monster original, the Rockstar original. Tastes yeah. it tastes like medicine. And it's awesome. <laughs> like it re- reminds me of like a kid being force-fed Robitussin, you know yeah, what I mean? So absolutely. um so for me, I'm going to score this a 5 out of 10. Five out of ten. So if I can get one for free next time, I'll drink it. <laughs> well, do you know what? We'll, I'll put it this way: next one is on me. Mm. So we all have to be a guest on your show to get them get that. Then. Absolutely. So, um, what do you score? What's your What's your initial thought on it? I always say this: uh, I'm kind of like Dave from you know the pizza score. You're never going to score something at ten because I always feel there's always room for improvement. Yeah, David Portnoy, El Presidente. Yeah, El Presidente. You, you never score anything at ten. Uh, for me, I probably say there's maybe like a seven, seven and a half. Okay. Um, good. Even better in the summer. It's a little bit cold. Sure. Uh, today, so maybe if it was eighty-five or ninety degrees outside, right, the score may be a little bit higher. Okay. Situationally uh, higher. So, yeah, absolutely. Situationally, sure. absolutely. But I say about seven point five. Okay. Cool. So, fair enough. Well, now that we have our caffeinated courage. I'd like to jump into some of our topics. Um, the very first thing I, I want to ask, Mike, you, so you're somebody I've admired from afar for a long time. I appreciate so it. Just a just to kind of fanboy you for a minute. Oh, no, it's good, man. I appreciate you, man. Even before you were doing a podcast, even before you were active, really active on social media, I even admired you in high school. So you're somebody, you might not have known it, but... You really gave gave me like some inspiration and courage, because you always seem like someone who wasn't afraid to put themselves out there. Yeah, whether it be uh, going out for football, you know, we went out for football together. Uh, You were active in basketball. You you were active in the school school politics. I think you were in several different clubs. I know you ran for prom court and homecoming court stuff and yeah. it just seemed like you were always putting your name in the ring and don't take any offense to this but I wouldn't say either one of us were in a the quote unquote typical popular crowd we both yeah. kind of had our own way and our own friends which yeah. is 
I, looking back, I think is way cooler anyway. Yeah. But it was like, you're like, I don't care about any of that. Yeah. I, I want to be out there. I want that. So I've always admired that about you. My, my question I'm getting at is, was there, was there something that happened that caused you to flip that switch? Or were you born this way? What, what is it? I'm, I'm so glad you asked that, this question. I've been hoping somebody would ever ask me this question. So I was very a very shy middle school kid. Mm-hmm. Very sort of quiet. I always sort of had this um, sort of outgoing, like I don't care sort of personality. But I was always sort of timid, you know, when you're in middle school and if you do one thing wrong, you're like, my social life is going to just absolutely take a plunge. Right. I'm never going to be able to recover. Yeah. I think there's a lot of kids that are in fear. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's several things. Like, I remember in, like, the eighth grade, I was in a computer class. And I um, tooted in the middle <laughs> in the middle of computer class. And I, I thought to myself, like, I'm, I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> Joe Exotic. <laughs> And I remember uh, Kyle Stapleton sat next to me, and he looked at me and said, Dude, nice. That was awesome. And then he continued to, to toot right after me. So everybody laughed at him. And I thought to myself, like, this guy is a legend. Like, he he was able to take that sort of social hit, I guess, as a middle scorer. Um, yeah, he did something that's not cool, and I guess made it a little it, more acceptable that you did it. It's sort of like the Billy Madison where... Yeah, everyone pees their pants. Everybody sort of pees their pants. Okay. So uh, I led into that, and then when I was in, I think, a junior in high school, um, there was a chick named Kirsten Moss. She, we were in uh, peer mediation together, and peer mediation sort of had like their own sort of room that w- where we could go and hang out. And I remember talking to her because I like you sort of prefaced like, I mean, we were cool, but like we weren't in the cool kid crew. Sure. Yeah, you know we were I mean? just in a different social social circle. You yeah, know, my circle only really had five or six people. Right. So I remember telling her, and I think homecoming was coming up, and she had a lot of social pool or whatever. She was friends with the track team and this and that. And I told her, I was like, man, like, you know, the same kids get sort of voted in every year. It's always the, the cool kids where mom and dad can sort of afford the cool clothes. And, yeah, you know, uh, they don't, you know, whatever, mean girls and stuff like that. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, man, like, I want to be that dude that, like, I feel like I relate to everybody. If I just sort of throw my name into the, the ring and just, like, just put myself out there, I mean, it's, it's either I'm going to stay in the same sort of social circle that I'm already in, or I can be sort of, like, maybe not a hero, but, like, people are going to be like, man, I'm tired of voting for this guy. I'm going to write my kid's name down. Mm-hmm. And... um I remember me and her went around. It was like second or third period. So she helped you get the courage to do it? Yeah, she sort of built me up, and uh, we went around and put up a bunch of posters that, that I said, remember. said, like, don't kid yourself, vote for my <laughs> kid for homecoming court. And It's pretty clever for like a 16-year-old. Yeah, and I ended up, they ended up going to announce it, and I remember I was in Fern's class, first period, and they're like, and the last person to, to be nominated for the guys for junior class is Mike Kidd. And I don't know if you remember who Brittany Red is. Yep, I remember Brittany. I will never forget this. She literally sat, I think, behind me or in front of me. And they said, Mike Kidd is the last person for the, the junior men. And she said, Mike Kidd, who's that? 
So that's where like the Mike kid, the real Mike kid, sort of maybe was born. Okay. Was that like that moment of disbelief? That, that, that moment <laughs> of like who's who's my, who's Mike? And I literally like tapped on the shoulder. I was like, "Hi, that's that's me." And she was like. <laughs> Oh, you know, and I was like, she was sort of shocked. And by then, we'd already been in school several months, and you've yeah. been sitting next to her in yeah. class for several months. And you know, from there, it just sort of took off. Um, you know, I was just—I don't know—like it just that, that just get, maybe single-handedly, like that moment of Kirsten helping me out, sort of gave me like that confidence that uh, I could sort of be myself and. I didn't care what anybody sort of thought because I knew what personality I had and anybody that I sort of came across with just, I knew that if I could be myself and let somebody else be themselves and like people tend to sort of grab gravitate towards that and stuff like that. And for sure, you know, it's okay to be silly and not normal. Cause a lot of people aren't really normal. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't know. It's just, yeah, that's, it's sort of the, the, the are moment. you um are you in contact with Kirsten now? Uh we keep in contact through social media like, you know, maybe once or twice a year. Okay. And uh I actually saw her years after I graduated and I told her like you don't know what that day like sort of if I could pinpoint like one moment that sort of gave me the the courage to be myself. You know what I mean? And I told her that and she was like, like, you know, Thank you so much. Um, I don't think she knew at the time what she was doing, what she was doing, but she was sort of creating, help creating who I was. That's so cool. That was a very pivotal point in my life, you know, where you're young and you're self-conscious and you're worried about what everybody else thinks. And that just sort of gave me the confidence that it's like, man, I don't care. I don't care anymore. If you like me, cool. And if you don't like me, then I'm going to be the same. You know what's crazy? I think there's so many people out there in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, maybe even their 70s, who are still worried about what other people think of them. Yeah. I'm starting to get out of that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I guess you just have to have that moment for yourself. Absolutely. You, do. you know, um, one of my favorite salespeople, Zig Ziglar, he says, it only takes you believing in someone for them to have the courage to make a difference. So it's definitely true Yeah, here with you and Kirsten. I think that's really cool. Yeah. it's uh, And that's for me, man. It's just, that's why I try to stay as positive. And I'm the kind of person that I love, um, like your love languages and stuff like that. For mm-hmm. me, I love seeing, hearing uh, positive reinforcement. Okay. So if I can sort of relay that and sort of push that back out of like, hey, man, you're doing great. Hey man, I, I believe in you. Like I think that phrase of like, "Hey man, I believe in your vision," or "I believe in you," what that can really do for somebody. Because for me, that was huge, right? You know, and like ten minutes of Kirsten's time completely changed the trajectory. Like if I didn't have that, like I don't think I would be the same person I am today. Sure. So like maybe that ten or twenty or thirty minutes that she like gave to me, which is like to her probably minuscule. On the grand scheme of her life, right, was huge for me. So if I can do something for somebody, that's you know, hey man, if I can help you out for ten minutes, yeah, because I you did it for me. I called you and I said, hey, I know you have a podcast. I'm thinking about doing one. 
come eat tacos with me and let me pick your brain. Yeah. And I don't even think you told me anything. You were just like, yeah, I think it's great. Do it. <laughs> but yeah. that was a, that like that was just hearing somebody say do it was yeah. like a push in the right direction. So just so you know, if there was like a cycle of giving, yeah. like Hirsten gave to you and I think you gave a little bit to me. Yeah. Uh, my friend Megan, who was on uh, previously, she gave a little bit to me. And then I've got some other people in my circle that that gave gave me a little bit of courage but you were you were definitely a slice of that thank you man yeah i always say the big a uh, big thing and i mean i'm not as successful as where i want to be sure but i've also experienced so much and i think a big thing is a lot of people were you know whether with this or with that or taking a new job or trying to run for prom court or starting a podcast <laughs> is uh you just got to do it, you know, just don't be scared to look stupid. And it's sort of like the the high school example of, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, if I do this podcast, maybe people won't look at me the same. Well, that may be a good thing. They yeah, may, that's the point, right? They they <laughs> may see you differently, negatively, but they may also see you more positively and think of you like, oh, man, I didn't know Skylar, you know, had a podcast in him. That's awesome. I look at him so more. So much more admirable. Uh, I come across people that don't even know I do sales, and that's what I've done since I was seventeen. They're yeah. Like, oh, you're you're in sales, really? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so when it's that real, I'm like, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Um, you mentioned you're not as successful as you want to be. My question to you: How do you define success? Um, well, success for me would be. <clears throat> I know we may have talked about this before. That's a good question. Uh, financially, um, you know, maybe things that you accomplish, uh, whether that be um, in like a job, um, you know, family definitely would be something that, uh, you know, if you have a family, you can be successful and having a successful successful marriage and mm-hmm. kids and a legacy really legacy uh, i guess would be a good word to sort of wrap it into one because just your job financial family what legacy are you leaving behind okay so if i could wrap it up into maybe a phrase it would just be what legacy are you leaving behind whenever uh, you perish from this earth so the, you're answering the question with a question Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I, so on my very first episode, we talked about like like my five keys to success. Yeah. And I really wanted to get people away from just the financial aspect because I think we get so tied up. Like our society is all about, oh, you've got to make a six figure income and you got to go to college and you got to have this great big job and yeah. all these things. And, and trust me, those are those those can be gauges of success. Right. But I think like what you said, success has, if it was a triangle, it's definitely got more than one side. Absolutely. It does. Right. It's like a pyramid, right? So let's say there's the financial side of it and then yeah. there's the family, the children, the marriage. There's, yeah. there's what you've done. Like you have some experiences Yeah. for someone at your age. There's probably most people who've experienced what you have probably needed a much higher income than what you've needed. Yeah. <laughs> to do the things you've done because you found a way to do them without that. Yeah. You know, which is really cool. Really, really cool. I appreciate it, man. Another question I have for you. So you just transitioned into a sales role. Yes. So you're kind of a, to my understanding, this is like your first real sales job. Yeah. Okay. So what's like, what's this been like as far as going from 
what you did to before to now, what's the transition felt like? It's uh, definitely a culture shock, man. It's really, um, really different from what I've done in the past. Um, for the longest time, I worked at uh, in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Before that, I did. Um, What'd you do at the restaurant? I served. So that's kind of sales. It was a little bit of sales. A little bit of you sales. You got to sell yourself. I mean, ultimately, like when I give somebody a tip, this is going to sound terrible. I always tip. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. I always tip. Yeah. But it's sometimes because the server really has no control over how fast the food comes out or the right. quality of the food. Yeah. They're literally just playing damage control. Right. So when I give when I tip somebody and I give someone a good tip, a lot of times I just focus on what they can control and how friendly and like. I've I've literally given someone a tip just because they've been in a good mood. Yeah. I just don't want to be tip, I don't want to be served by someone <laughs> who's like, "Here's your food. Thank yeah. you for coming. Have a nice." Day. Like I want somebody who's kind of bubbly. So yeah. when you are approaching that table, I think that is a form of sales, right? And maybe like the most natural, honest form of it to tell yeah. you the truth. Well, uh, for me being a server, I trained there for the longest time. I always told people, nobody wants to go out and. I think this is really with any sort of going to the gas station, mm-hmm. going out to eat, dealing with somebody in sales. Nobody wants somebody, like you said, hey, welcome in. I'm sad. You know, I'm in a bad mood. Yeah, you don't want Eeyore giving you your food. I, I like. I almost want to be like, I don't care that you're in a bad mood. I didn't come out for you to give me a, like a sob story. Right. I'm coming out to eat. I want to have a good experience. Um, a lot of the times, um, like you said, if I'm able to control the things that I can control, most of the times it ends good. And you're really sort of giving them an, ex- an experience. That's the reason, you know, they can cook a steak and a potato and a salad at home. They're sort of coming out to sort of uh, get entertained, to have a conversation, uh, to not be at home. So you're sort of, like you said, you're selling yourself, mm-hmm. uh, your personality, the experience. Uh, I always call it like the Mike Kid experience. You're coming out for the Mike Kid show, and it's going to be about 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> and then at the end, you you pay me based on that show and how good it was. I think that's like the best example of how to give a good service and you know as a server that I've heard. Yeah. What's the worst thing that happened to you as a server? Like, what's the worst your worst customer? Just one. <sighs> Don't have to mention any names or even where you were working at the time, but. I'd probably say the worst day of work I ever had. I It was a super hot day in the middle of the summer. And our AC had went out. At the, <laughs> and so it was so hot that literally the floors, our floors were like sweating, if that makes sense. Okay. So they're all wet. Everybody's slipping all over the place. I get stuck with like a 20 top. And... They were just really, really needy. I mean, they they were nice, but just super needy. The one girl I remember ordered, we had like a, a steak and chicken combo. Okay. She said, I want a, bit, uh, a steak instead of it being a six ounce, I want it to be an eight ounce. So I'm like, not a problem. So she gets her bill and she's like, well, it's my, my meal is more expensive than what's on the menu. I'm like, well, because you got a bigger steak. Yeah, you you asked for upgrade. Yeah, you asked for the upgrade. I gave you the upgrade. Upgrades aren't free. Right. So she complained to the manager, ended up getting her meal for free. The whole meal. The whole meal. Not just paying the original price. Yeah. When when that happens, does is your income affected as the server at all? 
Besides uh, the tip? Uh, no. So, like, Good. it's not like, oh, well, because we took a discount off, that's you got to pay the difference. That doesn't happen. But if they're complaining about that, more than likely they're not tipping what they should. Okay. So, out of, like, the entire 20 top, I mean, their bills couple hundred dollars i probably made maybe between five or ten percent jeez and then on top of that i wasn't in maybe in the best moods right and on the way out i went back to the kitchen i found out that lebron had left cleveland (laughs) that is a bad day at work so i you know just had you know got a, a not too good tip and i was walking back and i looked up and it said lebron james Sure enough, he makes his decision. Yeah, made a decision and went to the Lakers. And I'm like, well, this is just the best day ever. So this is the second time LeBron left. Yeah, it was when that happened. It was the second time you left. I thought the first time was worse because we all knew it was going to happen the second time. Yeah. The first time it was like, man, he's putting on this big thing. And I'm hoping he's just saying his heart's in Cleveland and it it wasn't. (laughs) For me, uh, I was probably the biggest LeBron hater when he left the first time because, I, like you said... He's he's going in front of like the the boys and girls club, mm-hmm. and I thought like man like there this is like uh you know he's going up against the ghost of MJ. I'm like this guy is going to like go up in front of the boys and girls club like this is how you take down MJ. I'm going back to Cleveland right and like just write his legacy that way, and then he ripped out the heart of like a 21 year old and <laughs> I was just completely devastated. Okay. Uh, Completely devastated. I stayed loyal to my calves because I'm an idiot, and that's just what loyalists do, whatever. But um, he came back and won us a championship, and I cried like a baby when we won. And it was just like one of those things that I was happy to see him, you know, come back and sad to see him leave. But like you said, the second time around, I sort of knew, like, okay, he's leaving. Like, I'd probably leave too. Right. So I can't be mad at him. Yeah, and it's one of those things, like, people show you who they are. So don't be surprised when they do it again. Yeah. You know, even if they say they're not going to do it again. Yeah. It's like, well, you did it once, you know. I was like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So it's like, I sort of know it's coming. Right. Uh, You won me a ring. Or not me a ring, but you won Cleveland. (laughs) Yeah, so Mike Kidd is officially signed with the Cavaliers as of right now. As of right now. Uh, so Mike, so you, now you've transitioned into the sales position. What is, what's been the biggest um, obstacle challenge that you're dealing with right now? Honestly, um, just getting uh, for one volume okay. because the position I'm in is uh, I'm responsible for like three or four different locations. Okay. So being in uh, more than one spot at a time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's tough. And um, when I worked for the bank, I covered twenty eight locations. Oh my god, twenty eight. So, so uh, I think it's like three or four locations. So still tough. You got a lot of windshield time. Yeah. So I go as far north as like Lima. Okay. Far south of Cincinnati. Oh, that's a big territory. Yeah. So so those of you who might not be from Ohio, which I think all of my listeners right now are, but. Yeah. Um, at least at the point of this recording. Yeah. If you're not from Ohio, it takes about an hour from Dayton, Ohio. So Dayton, Ohio is where I-70 touches I-75. From an hour north to get to Lima, at least, at least, if the traffic's not bad. Yeah. And then it's another hour south from Dayton to get down to Cincinnati, minimum, yeah. if the traffic's not bad. So Mike literally has a 
probably a that's almost probably a hundred and fifty yeah. mile radius you're covering. Yeah, that's a big territory. So it's just, I mean, for me, it's, I mean, compared to where I was trying, you know, coming from, I was a sort of a, like delivery guy. Mm-hmm. What do they call it? like an SSR, like a service sales rep? Okay. So that was uh, that position was all Dayton essentially. Okay. Um, very physical. Now I'm transitioning. I don't know why I can't say that word. Transitioning? Yes. We're, I can barely say it too. So we're coming into this new position, the sales position. Um, not physical at all. Okay. But more mental, a lot of uh, administrative work, a lot of driving, dealing, emailing. Like I've never dealt with this many emails before. Um, and then just uh, another hard part for me, I would say... Uh, I don't know how I'd word this. I guess the professional side, very professional sure. all the time. You know what I mean? The the verbiage in which when you're an SSR, you don't have to be as professional. With this, it's like you have to be professional all the time, corresponding emails, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I myself, I struggle with that because I'm a very casual person, when yeah. I, even when I'm selling in a yeah. professional environment. If you're having a conversation with me, I talk to you like I would a friend. I think that's one of the things that makes me good. Yeah. And this, there's just certain situations where it has to be buttoned up, like in an email yeah. where you know other people could see it. Yeah. You can't, you know, hey, bro, you can't, you can't hit yeah. that on the email. You know, it's Mr. Jones. Yeah. You know, thank you for meeting with me today. Yeah. You know, it's got to be that kind of thing. And it can be hard to flip that switch and know also it takes some time to get to know who you can do that with and who you can't. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll get you'll get. Uh, I'm, I'm like you said, I'm very sort of casual. I'm like, yeah, with everybody. I'm like, hey, brother, how's it going? Yeah, and it's just sort of fun finding that sort of middle ground, flipping that switch towards like, oh, Mister Raider, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, don't do what I did. I closed a huge loan one time, and um, the client was a doctor. So I get, you know, I get the loan done and he's ecstatic because I saved him a bunch of money. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, doc, over and out, 10-4. I'll talk to you soon. Let me know if you need anything else. Click. <laughs> and he wasn't mad, but yeah. people who heard me on the phone were like, do never, ever speak to a client like that again. And I'm like, why? He, we're friends. <laughs> I just saved him a bunch of money. What are you talking about? Yeah. And, um, you know, w- whether I was right or wrong at, at the end of the day, I mean, I just didn't care. I just yeah. didn't care about... You know, so I think kind of what you were talking about at the very beginning of our podcast. Yeah. Sometimes people move up because you're going to end up getting more opportunities because they like you. Yeah. Don't be so buttoned up that they don't get a chance to know you, would be my advice. Okay. Yeah, you know, as somebody who's been doing sales a long time. Yeah. Not that you asked for it. So, as usual, my advice is all a la carte. You can take it or leave it, you know. Well, this is getting advice from a legend, somebody that's been doing it for a while. <laughs> well, and uh, I'll definitely take it in. So you're selling um, shoes, uh, like yes, yeah, like a glorified shoe. So uh, certain plants, uh, companies, stuff like that. If they're dealing with like he- uh, heavy machinery, or they're in the need of like what we call safety toe shoes, okay, steel toe, alloy toe, stuff like that, boots. Um, if they sort of require these kind of shoes, okay. Uh, we make it convenient instead of them having to go around or go through Amazon. I literally drive, set up an appointment, uh, go to their place of business, show up with a big box truck, 
the whole back part of the truck is literally like a mini shoe store. It's got a TV, cable. So you come in, and it's like, uh, you know, we got Sports Center playing, got heater, got lights. Okay. And it's like a little mini Foot Locker, both like Reeboks and Carhartts and Timberlands. <laughs> I mean, it's not nothing you would wear out on a date on a Friday night. Sure. It's not for style. It's not it's, it's, Yeah, for, it's not for style. And that's what I try telling a lot of people that come on. They're like, oh, I don't know if I like the look of that. And I'm like, this is a work boot, man. Like, I'd rather you be comfortable in the boot. Comfortable and protected. Yeah, this is something that you're going to be wearing Monday to Friday, 40 hours a week. I mean, yeah, if it looks cool, that's sort of a plus. But I'd rather you be, you know, feel good. Right. Because uh, if you don't take care of your feet, man, your knees, your back, your posture, everything, everything is just going to sort of, you'll know if you got a bad pair of shoes. So I agree. With that. I'm just sort of here to just make sure that your shoes feel good. And you can usually tell when somebody's like, they got a good pair because as soon as they slip it on, they're like, oh, yeah, that that's good right there. These boots <laughs> I got, I, I got 10 years ago or whatever, you know, and it's like, wow. you, you can usually just sort of tell like a good pair of shoes. Well, I'm a shoe guy outside of work. Yeah, so you're a sneakerhead. So, you know, I get excited about shoes regardless. So I'm like, you know, you see somebody get a good pair of shoes, you're like, oh, yeah, good for you, man, you know. Right. You look good. You know, maybe Debbie from accounting will think you're handsome in your new pair of boots or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, they look good on you. So, Did you ever hear the, the story of the two salesmen, the two shoe salesmen? No. So there's two shoe salesmen that work for this really big company. And their boss sends them to Africa. Okay. To scout the territory and come back with a report yeah. on whether or not they can sell these shoes there. Yeah. So the one guy goes over, calls his boss. He said, this is not going to be the market for us. He says, why? He says, well, everyone's barefoot. They don't wear shoes here. Huh. He's like, okay, all right, no problem. He gets off the phone with him. Within minutes, the phone rings. It's the other guy he sent. Yeah. He said, boss, you'll never believe it. He says, what? Nobody wears shoes here. It's the perfect market. So I heard that story um, a long time ago. I just thought it'd be a good little parable to keep your, because I'm sure as you go down this journey, you're yeah. going to have a lot of people who they have good work boots, they don't have good work boots, whatever the situation is, just keep yeah. your perspective on the positive. I love that, man. Yeah. You're welcome. Gosh, man. I'm going to use that tomorrow, man. You normally got to pay double for this kind of action, but tonight it's free. It's all that. Oh my gosh. This is, I didn't bring a notepad. <laughs> I'll text it to you. Okay. Um, Mike, where can people find you if they want to watch your show, your podcast, if they need, uh, incredible work boots, if they need, if they need any kind of service that you provide, where can people find you and contact you? Okay. Uh, so the podcast is, uh, the Road Mike Kid and Frosha. We're on just about everything. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, uh, the iHeart, uh, app. Uh, we're on Facebook. It's really about anything you type to roll my kid and flush on to Google. You'll find us there. Um, if you need safety shoes, call uh, Centos, or you can uh, you know get a hold of me on Facebook. I'm on TikTok, uh, Twitter. You know, Mike Kid, uh, the Roll Mike Kid, anything like that. You search the Roll Mike Kid, you'll find me. Okay. So you had it there, and now if anybody calls in, uh, reaches out to you from listening to this podcast, do they do they get a discount? Heck yeah, absolutely. What kind of discount? Uh, we can discuss what kind of discount you can get. Uh, I mean, if we set up like a shoe appointment, 
I'll do 10%. Uh, we try to set up uh, with appointments. We try to do at least 20 words for me to bring the boot out or the shimobu out. Um, just because it makes it with like the gas and the insurance and stuff sure, like that. it's got to make sense. Yeah, it's got to make sense. So yeah, if you guys reach out, we get him 20 appointments in one setting. We'll bring out the shoe mobile. You get a 10% discount. Problem is, we just raise the prices 10%. Absolutely. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, thank you for being an inspiration to me. Thank you for coming over and doing this. Thank you for for everything. I'd like to have you on once in a while and get kind of updates on where you're at in this new position and role. And um, just thank you, thank you, thank you. It really, it really meant a lot to me for you to come on today. You know, man, thank you so much. You're an inspiration to me as well. I mean, just seeing, I mean, guys, this is like a, a big thing. Seeing this podcast come to life like uh, we were talking about earlier. It's nice to see um, people going after it, man. And I think it takes uh, a lot of courage to sort of put yourself out. And I mean, we talked about that earlier and it's, that's awesome, and I think that's just just a, a round of applause for me. And you're just the the legend, man. Honestly, and you're giving people just gold. Like you said, normally people will get charged a lot for this, and you're giving them free knowledge, free game, and uh, you're just making a difference in the world. And if nobody else tells you, we all appreciate you. Well, thanks for coming on, Mike. I will talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Well, there you have it. Another episode in the books. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy content like this, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all under Sky the Service Guy. If you want to be a guest on the show or you need help with your service business, you can contact me through my website, skytheserviceguy.com. Also, if you feel inclined, be sure to like, subscribe, and leave me a five-star review. With that being said, have a great day.